Welcome to High Five for Hemp. I am Martin Lindeskog. Hi, Adam. Hi, Martin. How are you today? I'm fine. Yourself? I am well. I am well on this fine Sunday, November 14th. I cannot believe that the year is cruising along so quickly. And we are now in the, I guess, the last two months of the year. So if you have anything planned to get done this year, you better get started. <laughs> so let's get started with the show. What are we talking about today? Yeah, we're talking about fashion. Fashion. Like the David Bowie song, Fashion. Yeah. yeah. Turn to the right. Yeah. Well, this podcast is all about hemp and usually industrial hemp. Mm. The applications of hemp beyond just what it's known for, which is perhaps marijuana and smoking and enjoying the effects. But this goes beyond that. Our little conversation explores the grand world of hemp, the mother plant of all of those plants. And uh, today, as we promised a couple of weeks ago, I think it's even a month ago now, because we record hmm. the show every two weeks, that yep. we would engage in a conversation by request about how hemp is impacting the fashion industry. And I want to make a disclaimer here. I am by no means an expert in fashion, but I know a little bit about hemp I know how to do research. But you have been in the clothing industry. I have, yes. And I, I don't have anything in the fashion industry. I'm, I'm always in and out fashion. Yes. So while I, I was never a, a user of, of good fashion sense or an applier of good fashion sense, when I first came out of college, and this is in the 1980s, way back when fashion was really interesting, I worked for the first couple of years out of college in the production side, just because you need a job out of college. And I worked for a company called Gitano, which was an Israeli company with an Italian name that sold forward fashion clothing, but for stores like Walmart and Kmart and Sears at the time. Target had yet to break in the 80s, but it was like mass production of clothes that looked a lot more stylized. They would look at the forward-looking styles that were coming out of the runway and then try to figure out how to make that for the mass market. And they did very well. So I worked in thousands of people who worked for this company. I was in production, very low end of the totem pole, but that's where I got my start to understand all of the dynamics and, the, and, and what goes into uh, the business as in fashion. Now that wasn't my background. I was just looking for a job and, and managed to get the job and learn a lot of good things about just being in a business, going from college into a company. It's, it's a big step in your maturity. And 35, 40 years later, here I am. So anyhow, what I want to say is that, yes, it is true. Hemp can be a fabric. And in fact, it's been a fabric for hundreds of years. <laughs> Long time. It started. Hemp was used to make ropes because it's such a good fiber to make ropes. It's a long, strong, durable fiber. It's also used to make a cloth uh, that's very typical to burlap or canvas duct. Something like you would use for a sail or a flag. Very, very durable, more of an industrial type of fabric. And the challenge with hemp as a fabric in fashion for the longest time is that as fabric goes, it's not soft and pliable, or at least that's the way it was, like cotton is. So if you think of a cotton fabric or silk or even artificial fibers like nylons, right? all the various nylon variants that are out there. Those threads are very soft, supple, relatively easy to produce because there's a great infrastructure for that. And hemp, which has been in prohibition for the last 85 years, 
it was very difficult in this country and in Europe to get enough hemp to produce any fabric or to create any infrastructure to manufacture this kind of fabric, right? Understanding of the context, the majority of hemp that's produced for fabric now is in China. Because in China, they have the people, they have the manufacturing, they have the space to use all of this really old school technology, very, very industrial, to soften the fiber from the cannabis plant to make it into a, a fabric. What happens is that when we talk about hemp, and this is the cannabis plant that has very low to no THC, it's cannabis sativa. And unlike cannabis indica, its sister, which grows short and bushy, cannabis sativa grows long and tall, up to seven, eight feet tall if you let it go and you have it in the right conditions. And it could grow in almost any conditions. It's incredible how well this plant grows almost anywhere. But like bamboo, have you ever seen a bamboo forest, Martin? Yeah, isn't that the saying? It, it takes first, nothing happens, and then nothing happens, and then it, it's rush up from the ground very quickly and then get, you know, tall. Yeah, it goes straight to the sky. Yeah. It grows so high. And, and when they cut it down, they have these long, continuous threads that they can extract from the core of the plant. And if you've ever experienced one of these plants, you can't just snap it in half. Like when you go out and you can use your hands to break a plant in half if you're really strong, you know, you can't do that. This plant is like a steel rod. It's like a tree. It's so strong. And even though it's green, you think you can break it, but it is strong. So when they isolate those fibers, they, they retain that strength and durability. So it's an ideal plant for creating fibers and fabrics. And the benefit of using hemp are many. One of them is durability. So when, when hemp is added into a fabric, it, it becomes stronger. And I have proof of that. I went out to Amazon and I purchased a Pashmina hemp scarf. It was only $11. It was made in China, but I have it right here in my hands is this Pashmina scarf. And I'm amazed because it doesn't smell like mothballs or formaldehyde. Usually when you get something from China, it smells funny, but this smells good. And it's very soft and supple and pliable, but it's not as soft as wool or as soft as cashmere or as soft as silk. And you can definitely feel it, but it is really durable, but it is as fine as a gauze. You can see here, I'm going to, I'm using it. Martin can see me on a camera. I know you guys yeah. can't see me, but you can see right through it. It's, it's like a gauze, but it is super strong. Uh, a scissor can cut it, but you cannot rip it. So it's this incredibly durable, soft to touch scarf of a fabric. Now this could be produced without a problem because it was grown, harvested, treated, manufactured, created into a fabric or into a thread weaved into a scarf entirely in China <laughs> altogether. The challenges here, anywhere outside of China or other places like that, is that there's so much regulation and that hemp has been in prohibition for so many years and there's no infrastructure. Even transporting hemp from one state to another or one country to another can be impossible with all of the laws and regulation are in place. So just now those laws and regulations are being relaxed. 
it's a new future. It's a new fabric, even though it's an old fabric. But I like this. I think this sums it up best. And this is why the United States and Europe have such a great opportunity. And I would even say Latin America as well to get on board. Because when I received this beautiful scarf that I'm holding in my hand, that I'll be wearing all winter and enjoying, made 100% out of hemp, which is so cool. This is what it says on the package. All sorts of color filter to CLS, rounding over the show and exaggerated, very soft and elegant clean, reflects the inner most candid feeling. What? Is it some kind of trans? <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, it's translated Chinese to English and it makes no sense. And so like, and, and when you buy fabric, the story is everything, right? You want to wear clothes like, I want to look like the Marlboro Man. So like mm -hmm. the story associates it. So they don't have that connection. There's a huge opportunity to tell the story of hemp, right? Because there are great reasons why this fabric can make a big difference. Right now, there's a lot of pressure on uh, companies in the fashion industry to reduce their carbon footprint, to reduce the amount of energy that they use that impacts global warming, however you want to call it, right? That also, how, how much water that they use. When we create beautiful fabrics in cotton, cotton is so soft and lovely because it uses so much water. Hemp uses one-third the amount of water as cotton and can grow in almost any soil. And unlike cotton, hemp is a regenerative plant. And what that means is that as it grows, it regenerates the soil. It actually improves the soil that it grows in. Whereas other crops, they pull all of the nutrients out of the soil. So when you're growing a field of hemp, when you're ready to harvest the tops, all of the roots and the bottoms, you actually don't take that out of the soil. You just till it back in. In fact, you don't even have to till it. You can just leave it fallow. And that extra material is creating protection for the soil. Another reason why is because hemp is vermin, mold, and resistant, and it extracts toxic chemicals like heavy metals out of the soil. That's why, why it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, I interrupt you uh, at the high highways and the roads as you talked yeah, about. That's right. It would heat, keep down. It would keep the soil down in the ditches as well. So, so, so it's a really great way to farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not a farmer, and I have a. I don't have green thumbs, but I mean, this should be the perfect <laughs> to get into business or or like a hobby or a side hustle. If it it is if it's no regulation, to start to. Uh, is kind of hemp. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense, right? And that's why yeah. investors are getting very excited about yeah. this. But we're still a few years away for it to be easy and open sailing because we still have things like laws and regulations. Mm. And right now, the hemp fiber is considered innovative. It's the term, innovative fiber. And I thought that was a good word, but that means... <laughs> That hasn't been proven yet. But hasn't it been proven for a long time? Yeah. It hopes for it. Chip. I'm not sure the association that approves it, but like FDA yeah. would improve a drug in the United States, we have associations that approve fabrics and fibers to say that they're safe, mostly for things like they won't catch fire, that they won't be toxic. And we all know this is a natural fiber, so no one's going to get sick on yeah. this. It's actually excellent. It's just bureaucracy. It takes yeah. time to change the law. And as an innovative fiber, 
it cannot be certified. So like you can't make things like baby clothes out of it or bedding because it hasn't been proven to be safe yet. It is safe, but it hasn't been proven yet. So that's going to take uh, some time. So what we're seeing instead of hemp, me having to go buy something from directly from China to get this in my hands, and I'm so happy I have this, why we don't see a lot of clothes that are completely out of hemp yet is because we just don't have the infrastructure available. Also, there is a process that is called degumming that is required when you treat the cannabis plant to make fiber. And the reason why that is, is because, and I have personal experience of this growing the plant. It is a sticky, sticky plant. And like, have you ever experienced a, a pine tree, Martin, when you touch it and you get that sap on you and mm-hmm. you just can't get it off of you? It's like glue. Have you experienced mm-hmm. that before? Yeah. Like a sappy yeah. tree? Yeah. So that's what it's like. You just brush one of these plants and you feel like, oh, what's this on my hand? It's like a, a glue that just can come off. It's got this gluey, sticky quality to it. And that's all of the little resinous hairs that are all over the flowers on the plant when it's starting to bloom. And the whole plant gets these little micro hairs. And those hairs are just secreting this, this, this stickiness that keeps bugs and pests away. Protection. Protects it. Yeah. So in order to make it a good fiber, they have to get rid of that. And that's probably the most uh, complex and uh, costly and energy consuming process. And the unfortunate truth is that the technologies that we have for gumming they're just not that great. And the reason why they're not that great is because for 85 years, you weren't even allowed to touch the plant. So it's only a matter of time for there to be enough engineering and innovation in the machines that are created. If we look uh, at its sister plant, so cannabis indica and the other cannabis to create THC products, we have oils, we have salves, we have all kinds of things and extraction technologies, whether it be CO2 or alcohol or even just water, they use all of these high pressure tools. All of that has been manufactured in just a couple of years because where there, where there's blood in the water, the sharks will go. So so right now everyone's realizing there's this huge opportunity for fabric for hemp, right? And there's a huge call for it as well, right? So knowing that hemp is in your clothes, it's kind of cool. It's got a buzz factor right now. We're just not there yet. So the infrastructure doesn't exist. The manufacturing doesn't exist at scale. And then tools like the machines that they use to degum the plant are just not good enough yet, but they will be. So, and those things take time, maybe a couple of years, right? But right now funds are being established to create capital, to invest in the companies and the plants. So before we can even grow hemp at scale, we need to have all of the infrastructure built to process all of that hemp. And that's where we are now. So this is like a really good time to learn about all these things. So, because there's a lot of great opportunities available, but you got to be careful. And we have a mission here and in our podcast. I mean, this is fascinating. Think about it like it's almost like in industrial in uh, revolution area or the internet days, or now you have electricity or the cars and so on. You're exactly right, Martin. That's a good point. We're, it's like the early days of the internet. That's where we are now. So this is a really good time. And that's why we put this podcast together to be one of the many voices that tells this story 
And while we might not be the best in telling stories, we have the passion to make it yeah, happen. Yeah, we have fun. <laughs> and, yeah. and talking about that, I mean, I like back in the day, I like to wear jeans, like uh, digging gold, very used jeans. And uh, Levi's, for example, one brand that mostly know about. Then it was lots of competition. And here in Sweden, you have lots of different brands in the jeans factory. But I, I haven't had so many jeans lately, but more maybe this stretching thing and others laid back. But I must say, reading the story about Levi's, could you tell about that? It's fascinating how they want to get into the business here. Well, yes, Levi is targeting hemp because it's a, a more sustainable product than cotton. And while, as I've shared, it's not quite ready to replace cotton. When you produce genes, there's far more than just cotton in the gene. So for example, you can use hemp to create bioplastics. It's very, it makes a really great plastic, just like we talked about hemp being used for construction materials. Also, hemp is really great for making paper. And usually when you buy genes, there are paper labels and sizes and various things that are stapled onto the jeans when you purchase them. Also, jeans are generally hanging on a hook or a hanger of some sort that's made out of a plastic. Well, that plastic can be made out of biodegradable hemp rather than some unbiodegradable plastic, right? And so Levi is getting aligned with hemp as a product to use to help package their jeans. But also eventually, as the fibers become more available, to mix yeah. with other fibers. So, for example, when you buy jeans now, they're not 100% cotton. There are, especially those stretchy jeans. So, there are new fibers, like there's a new one called circulose, right? Mm -hmm. And circulose is being weaved in with the cotton to make it a little more stretchy or a, a little more uh, lightweight or... Uh, a little less expensive, a little more affordable. <laughs> and I, I saw that, uh, that it's like, uh, when I searched for it, and this is fascinating. It was a Swedish company here called Resell or something like that, that they have in uh, cooperation with Levi's. Yeah. So Resell, yeah, yeah, they, they invented this, this product called Circulose and, and yeah. some of Circulose is hemp. It's a combination of synthetic fibers and natural fibers that get mixed in with the cotton. So it's almost like a, a filler, right? Or an mm -hmm. extender, right? So, and, and the reason why this matters that our genes are becoming less cotton and more of a blend is because cotton is a plant that requires lots of water, lots of resources. It will deplete the soil. All these various reasons, cotton is not a regenerative crop. It's not good for the soil. So if we pull some of the cotton out of the mix, it's less, and we still have some of it because we all love cotton. We're not getting away from Anderson cotton, but our addiction to cotton, just like our addiction to certain types of food or certain types of things make for a recipe for depletion in certain areas. It's, it's excessive. So by having these other fabrics mixed in with the cotton, without impacting the softness of the cotton, right? You have a great solution to reduce the stress that these products are creating rather than eliminate them entirely. You can still have your product, but it's not a hundred percent what it was. And some people will then say, oh, back in the old days, we used to have jeans that felt so much different. 
yeah, we, I would love it if we could do that. But as we grow as a population, it means we also have to make changes about the products that we use to make sure that we can sustain having these products in the future or else it's just impossible. To, and there's lots of products that you can't have anymore because it's just impossible to bring them to scale. They're too unique. I mean, they don't put cocaine anymore in Coca-Cola. They used to. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's good. And uh, you, you could see the historical thing. And I, I did this uh, shout out to a friend, Elisabeth Bövik, and she studying uh, the history of fashion and uh, the role of a woman with different style and, and so on, and the clothing. And she knew all about these kind of things. So in one podcast we had here in Sweden, in Swedish, uh, she asked uh, at the end, uh, what, what do you think could be the future material for fa fashion industry? And uh, we, we talked about hemp and other things also. So, but then back in the day, when if you had hemp clothes, it was in this more natural color thing. So it's not so colorful. So then it was a state, state, but now, yeah, now you could do that. But back in the day, it, it was not that. So it, it was like a st status symbol. If you had from the nature red clothing, then you knew that it cost a lot to create it. But nowadays, yeah. That's right. So the hem clothes were considered the cheaper clothes. So it was less yeah. of a status. But now it could be the, in, the, in the future, the, uh, the hips, hipster clothing. But then l later on the, for average Joe and others. So I, I look forward to get a pair of jeans here with hemp. Well, it's not new. Hemp clothes have always been around. They just yeah. a bit of but, a, a specialty. I remember about 20 years ago, I was yeah. of all places, Sydney, Australia. And it wasn't yeah. too long after they had the huge reconstruction of Sydney for the Olympics. And it was beautiful. Mm. And it was in this area called Darling Harbor, which is a, a beautiful city center with shops and restaurants. It's a harbor, uh, mostly a tourist harbor. It's not their industrial harbor. It's a beautiful place. There's hotels around there. This is all developed for the Olympics. And uh, I was there for a conference. And uh, right there in the mall there, there was a store that sold all clothes made from hemp that were manufactured in South America somewhere. So grown and manufactured, but they were very expensive. Now they all looked natural and it looked like you were a peasant farmer or something like that. <laughs> but the shirt was like almost a hundred dollars, you know, and back then that was a lot of money for sure. It still is now. If you're used yeah. to wearing a t-shirt and you're spending 50 to $80 on a t-shirt made out of hemp that you can buy for $5 made out of mass produced cotton, right? Or uh, a blend with artificial uh, synthetic materials, right? So back then it just, the scale was so small, it was really a specialty product and there's very little inventory, right? There's maybe like a dozen shirts in the store, right? So they would have to wait two weeks to get another set of shirts because they were made at such a small scale. But now with a company like Levi getting in, involved and really leaning into hemp and they're smart, they're starting with their packaging to use hemp for the paper, for the hangers, for the labels, for the buttons, and then invest help to develop and invest in funds that will create the infrastructure, the supply chain, the machinery, the technology that will help to get this fabric in because it's only a matter of time. In fact, maybe five to 10 years from now, it'll be quite common to just get everything made out of hemp instead of cotton because it's for the good of the planet, right? It's, it's yeah. one of those. And, and maybe in the near, near future, we'll have that as a hi-fi for hemp merchandise also. Absolutely. Well, we already have high five for hemp merchandise. Yeah, I know. 
but uh, made by uh, made by industrial hemp. Yeah, but the shirt is cotton, so we have to yeah. find a, a hemp t-shirt. But we want to keep the prices down. Right now, hemp clothing is yeah. a little pricey. Uh, though I have to tell you, this beautiful pashmina scarf was only eleven dollars, and and I just did a search on Amazon for a hundred percent hemp clothing, and it took a little digging. It was most of the clothes that I saw on Amazon that had hemp in it was a blend. And I wanted to get something that was 100% hemp so I could feel it. And I'm feeling this now in my hands and it's very soft. It's not as soft as real pashmina. I've got one of those too, and those are wonderful. But this is pretty nice. And what I know about this is, this is durable. I can, I can set this on fire and it won't catch. It'll stay like this. It's it's waterproof. It's vermproof. It's pest proof. It's mold proof. This is an incredible fabric. There. Will it will it both uh, like ventilate and keep you warm? Yes. Yeah. Part? You saw it. It's like a gauze. It's so thin. It'll yeah. it'll ventilate and it'll keep you warm at the same time. Because as we learned with the construction, that vapor can pass through it. It's porous as well. So it's really good for the passing of gases. <laughs> <laughs> The equilibrium effect, yeah, you know, so it's good. Yeah. So I'll let you know. So this will be my experiment this winter. This will be my winter scarf and I'll let you know. It doesn't really get that cold in Southern California, but I will be traveling a bit as well. So I'll let you know how that all works. But anyhow, that is our conversation about fashion and hemp. I'm sure the conversation will continue with companies like Levi and Patagonia, which is another one that is behind all of this. Other companies will jump on board because it's good press. It's a good plant. It's good for the planet. It's good for the people. It's an emerging economy. And there are going to be a lot of stories to tell about that. And we're just at the very beginning of something that's been around for more than a thousand years. It's kind of funny. Like it's the longest beginning in history, I think, this industry. Yeah. Great. Do you have any ending note or call to action? Our call to action is to follow and subscribe to our show. It depends on the podcast app you use. Sometimes it's follow, sometimes it's subscribe, however you want to do it. You can also find us online on our website, which is highfiveforhemp.com. If you're interested in getting one of our t-shirts, you can get those from Spreadshirt as well. And we will be out on the socials here and there as, as they start to unlock, we were locked out of HAPS, which is the uh, platform we've been using in the past, but we carry on. And so now you can listen to the show. We'll be back with more videos of the show. So hang in there, but we really appreciate that you're interested as we are in this great topic. And if you have any ideas or comments or feedback, uh, please share and leave, leave them to Martin and I from the website at high five for him.com. Anything else you want to add, Martin? No, I think that's all, all good. I added uh, on uh, our website there Podchaser link so you could give rate and reviews and going in there. And I will get you there also adding you as a co-host. There. Okay, great. Podchaser. Whatever that is. Go. And also if you're just yeah. using the Apple podcast app or the Google podcast app, if there's an ability to leave yeah. a review, go ahead and do that if you like the show so others cool. can find us. Or a... Uh, Podcasting 2.0 app. Yeah. That or if you're, a, if you're a manufacturer or a, a yeah. lobbyist <laughs> or just someone with a great passion for hemp as we have, uh, let us know. We, we, we will continue with this map of where it's uh, pro-industrial uh, hemp. Absolutely. So thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye for now. Adios.